The Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Band and Billy Mills Orchestra. When friends get together in the evening, there always comes a time when the happiest thing you can say is, how about a cup of coffee? And take my word for it, that good coffee you make, whether hot or iced, will taste extra good when you serve pet milk with it. Pet milk is whole milk that's double rich, concentrated to double richness by evaporation. And it gives coffee such a good creamy color and fine, mellow flavor. Once you use it, you'll probably be like so many others who would rather use pet milk than cream in coffee. Now, most foods that give you extra pleasure cost extra, too, but not pet milk. Just think of it, pet milk costs less than half as much as ordinary coffee cream. So always have pet milk on hand for coffee as well as for cooking. Get some at your grocer's tomorrow. The nicest part of a trip to visit your Aunt Sarah is the part where you come back up your own front steps again. <laughs> and coming back up their own front steps again, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, my, it's good to get home again, McGee. Yeah, sure is, kiddo. It was nice at Aunt Sarah's. But I was beginning to get a real case of nostalgia, dearie. Yeah, me too. It was the water, I think. <laughs> Full of chlorine. Boy, the old place looks just the same, don't it? Yeah. How long have we been away now, Molly? Five days. Oh. <laughs> Unlock the door, will you? These bags are heavy. Oh, sorry. He was, I'm afraid I'm not very thoughtful, Molly. <laughs> Expecting you to open the door when you got both hands full. Well, think nothing of it, dearie. I could have done it with my teeth, of course, only I don't have any te- or the key. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Here, set the bags inside. I, I want to gather up the newspapers here on the porch. Oh, my. Now I know why they call these suitcases Gladstones. They feel like they're full of stones, and I'm glad to set them down, dearie. <laughs> Five days of the Wistful Vista Gazette is quite a stack of stale stuff, Molly. Scattered all over the porch, Claus. Well, what's in the paper? Anything interesting? No, you know the Gazette. Only time we ever got anything interesting in that paper was when they used to wrap hot tamales in it. <laughs> oh, here's something about a friend of yours, though. Who, who, who? Who? Old man McDonald, the president of the Third National Bank's wife. Picture over here planting a tree at the animal shelter. Caption says, a dog's best friend. <laughs> She should be. She looks like a Pekingese. What's it say on the back page there? Something about red china, isn't it? Where? Oh. Oh, they're having a sale on it at the crockery shop. <laughs> remember when they opened that place, Molly? I remember. Yeah. Well. <laughs> they ran an ad that said all visitors get crockery free, and Uncle Dennis thought it said crock, and he ran all the way down there. 
Well, now, that was a natural mistake, dearie. His glasses were foggy. Yeah, and so was Uncle Dan... <laughs> oh, look at this, kiddo. Here's a cute picture. A little mother bird built a nest in an open mailbox on some guy's porch. In a mailbox, my goodness. Yeah, sort of a human interest picture. Should be interesting to birds, too. Yeah. <laughs> it says your roving photographer took his photo of one tenant who has solved her housing problem. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Finding a mailbox with the lid open on the front porch at 79 Wistful Vista, our feathered friend built her nest in it, completely sealing the top of the box with mud and straw and 79 Wistful Vista. <laughs> hey, hey, that's our house. What? Hey, look, this is a picture of our porch. Hey, that's our mailbox, ain't it? Heavenly days it is. Why, Let's sure. look and see if she's still there. Yeah. Huh. Oh, my gosh, Molly. Look at him sitting there. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Hello, birdie. How's the little mother? <laughs> Hello, birdie. How's the little birdie? Hey. That's cute. He, he thinks I'm going to... Hey, Molly, there's a letter under that nest. I, I, I can see it through the little window. What is it, a circular? No, it looks like it's square. <laughs> All I can see, though, is part of the return address. It says, after five days, return to United States government, Department of... Of what? I don't know. That's all I can see of it. My gosh, United States government. Return in five days, too. Well, we've been gone five days. Hey, this might be important. Well, how are you going to get it out of there? Well, I don't know. i got to figure out something, though. Gee, it might be a tax refund or something. Sure. And it says return in five days. And this is the last day. If I can't get it out and read it, i got to return it. <laughs> ah, just look at her, McGee. Just look at her. So trusting. She knows we're not going to disturb her. Oh, he does, does he? Well, how am I going to get that letter out of there without disturbing him? Well, I don't know, but come on inside now. We're bothering her. Well, okay, but gee whiz, Molly. Bird or no bird, i got to get that letter oh, out. Oh, wait, look who's coming, McGee. Hello, uh, doctor. Welcome home, Molly. Hello, footlocker. <laughs> footlocker? Yeah, that's a low chest, and yours has slipped so far down that oh. I... Oh, yeah, you know what? There's a bird's nest in your mailbox. Yeah, we know, Fatso. We've seen it. And also a letter from the government in there. And I can't get it out. And guys that they ignore letters from the government got a nasty habit of getting their next mail at Leavenworth. <laughs> I'm liable to get me a habeas corset from the Attorney General. <laughs> That's habeas corpus, not corset. Well, what's the difference? Either way, you wind up in confinement. <laughs> well, Lard Bucket, you got any suggestions? No, but speaking of confinement, I've got to get to the hospital, at least by tomorrow, Labor Day. Well, tomorrow isn't Labor Day, Doctor. It's Decoration Day. For Mrs. Clatterhatch, it's Labor Day. <laughs> well, if you go into Alcatraz, McGee, I'll bake you a cake with a pie in it. Yeah. Bye now. Oh, that's okay. Maybe this, this thing has gotten me worried. Maybe I can coax the bird off long enough to get the letter out from the... Here, birdie. Here, birdie. Ah, ouch! That rat, that... Hey! Hey! He bit my thumb! Wasn't that cute? McGee, huh? she winked at me. Oh. Billy Mills in the orchestra and on top of Old Smokey. <laughs> Thank you. 
tools for. What are you going to do? I'm going to get that letter out of that mailbox. That's what I ain't going to have Uncle Sam on my tail for because I ignored official communication. Yeah, but you can't take that little bird off the nest when it's hatching an egg. I ain't gonna. I'm gonna chop a hole in the hall wall. <laughs> I'm gonna take the letter out of the back of the mailbox. Don't stir chop it. Chop a b- hole in the hall wall, he says. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. Well, you got a better idea? So I chop a hole in the hall wall. And here we go. Now, you'll admit I tried everything else, kiddo. Yeah, but McGee, you can't. I tried learning it off the nest with breadcrumbs. I sprinkled birdseed knee-deep all over the porch, and I tried kindness and patience. Well, maybe you didn't try the right kind of bait. I tried everything, from worms to chocolate donuts. I don't know what to feed it unless I know what kind of a bird it is. Well, if it's any help to you, Mr. Wimple just came up the walk with his bird book, dearie. Oh. He's out there now, looking at Oh, Wally Wimple, good. Oh, he knows birds. Maybe he can... Hello, folks. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Did you look in our mailbox? Did you see our little feathered fiend out there? Feathered friend, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Maybe a friend to you, boy, but it ain't your letter that I got to return it to the government in five days, which I've already used up. She's setting on. <laughs> it's mine. Did you get a good look at the bird, Mr. Wimple? Yeah, what kind of bird are we being infested with, anyhow? You know, Wimp? Well, as near as I can make out from my bird book... It's a cinch, it isn't a cinch. We don't care what it ain't. We want to know what it is. Well, as far as I can make out, it seems to be a combination, Mm -hmm. a hybrid, a... a, a... Cross? Cross? I'll say it's a nasty little bird. (laughs) In fact, I'd classify it as a genuine sprab lark face. A what? A sprab lark face? Yes. It has the bill of a sparrow, the breast of a robin, feet like a lark, and a disposition like... Sweetie face, my big old wife. <laughs> how is the old battle? I mean, uh, how is Mrs. Wimple? Wimple? Oh, she's just dandy, Mr. McGee. Good. She's up to something today which just delights me. Oh, really, Mr. Wimple? What is she up to? Up to St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> to visit her sister. Oh? I wrote her a little poem this morning. Oh, can we keep you from reciting it, Wimp? The greatest difficulty, Mr. McGee. I call it Mint Sauce. Oh, Oh, that's a cute title for a poem. (laughs) Mint Sauce. Yes. Mint Sauce. Mint Sauce. I'm growing mint while you are gone in a mint bed on the lawn. If I took it in juleps, I'd be in a jam. So I'll just take it on the lamb. So long, folks. I'll just take it. Well, back to work. Well, I must say that's a horrible mess you're making of the whole wall, McGee. Well, it's got to be done, kiddo. I can't take that bird off the nest, and I got to get that letter from the government. So the only thing to do is chop through the hall wall behind the mailbox and you're get it You're sure you're cutting through the right place there? Well, I measured it with a rubber band. <laughs> Couldn't find the tape measure. See, it was just this far from the door jam. The hinge side or the knob side? Well, that's a silly question. There's knobs on both sides of a door. The mailbox is on the side of the hinges, so... Uh-oh. Wrong side? Yeah. 
Boy, I sure messed up a lot of plaster in the wrong place, didn't I? You certainly did. Oh, well, that gives us a show for next week. <laughs> McGee plasters the hall wall. That ought to be a very interesting... Hey, pal, Molly, you know something? You got a bird in your mailbox. Yes, Mr. Wilcox, we know that. We're keeping it there for a pet, Junior. Well, good for you. I've got a little pet at home. You know where I put it? No, where? In the coffee. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> because, you see, in coffee, pet evaporated milk gives you that fine, mellow flavor and creamy color. The reason I'm cutting through the hall wall here, Junior, is on account of because there's a letter in there that I ain't read yet. Oh, well, now. look, look, look. Never mind the unread letters, pal. Let's just think of the red-letter days in our lives. And it's a red-letter day when you first try that rich, delicious, satisfying pet milk in your coffee. You see, Mr. Wilcox, we don't want to disturb that sweet little bird. And besides, every time McGee reaches into the mailbox, he gets pecked. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad, pal. <laughs> too bad you're not as impeccable as pet milk. <laughs> because pet milk is not only good to taste, it's in good taste. Yeah? On the best dining tables in the land and selected by the best cooks. The fussiest housewives and the most coffee-conscious husbands. Yes, sir, pet milk. The first evaporated... Hey, 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 uh, milky. <laughs> the first evaporated milk gives you extra taste and pleasure without extra cost. Yes, pal? Uh, do you know any reason why the government should be writing McGee a letter? It might be a tax refund except for one thing. What thing? I didn't pay any tax last year. <laughs> Forgot it, so I don't know why they should be writing to me. Well, the only thing I could think of, it might be a draft call. Hey. Although Doc Gamble says you're 5F. He did. What's 5F? Fat, 45, and fouled up physically. See you later, boy. <laughs> Imagine him. Imagine him accusing me of being 45. <laughs> Bless his little evaporated heart. Well, dearie, I think I'm going upstairs to unpack the suitcases. Now, as soon as you get the letter out, let me know because I'm dying of curiosity. Okay, kiddo. Ah, oh, there goes a good kid. An independent, too. Won't take nothing off of nobody. Even a bird off in a nest. Even to get a government letter that goodness only knows how important... Come in. Oh, hello, teeny. Hey, you know what? Oh, sure, sure, I know. We got a bird in our mailbox. Do you have? Well, sure. Wasn't that what you were going to tell me? No. Oh. No, I was going to tell you that school's out pretty soon. Oh, hey, I see. Hey, can I see the little bird in your mailbox, mister? Hmm, can I, please? Hmm, can I? Hmm? <laughs> Why, you, you like birds? Hmm, gee. I love birds, I betcha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think birds are the prettiest things that fly, except my cousin Charlene. Your cousin Charlene? Sure. She's a hostess on the airline. Oh. Mm -hmm. She is, eh? Sure. She's one of the... Hmm? I said she is, eh? Is what? An airline hostess. Who is? Your cousin Charlene. I know it. <laughs> Hey, mister, hmm? do you know any stories about birds, hmm, do you, hmm? Well, now, let me see. You ever hear the story about how the little cuckoo made good? It's a success story. Oh, gee, 
Hello, success stories, I betcha. Tell me, please. Okay. Well, sir, once upon a time... I heard it. <laughs> no, you haven't. I never told it yet. Oh. So, once upon a time, a bunch of birds got together in a big woods and decided to form a glee club. Oh, glee, a G-club. Huh? <laughs> I mean, oh, gee, a glee club. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir, they were all there. The robins and the larks and the bluebirds and the crows. Hey, hey, crows can't sing good, I betcha. Sis, you're old enough now to know that when any bunch of people or birds get together to sing, there's always a few crows who don't know they can't sing, and you just gotta be patient with them. Go on, mister. Go on, go on, go on. Right away, the woodpecker called the meeting to order. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. <laughs> that was using the old head, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll do the joke, sis. <laughs> well, sir, after the meeting was called to order, the woodpecker turned to a little redbird sitting next to him, and he says, Cardinal, will you give the benediction? Uh... Then up come the question of nominations. And right away, the crow says, I want to be president. And the owl says, who? And the crow says, me. And the robin says, why? And the crow says, cause. <laughs> and all the swallows kind of gulped, and the crow got elected. Mm. But, gee, but, gee, how did the little cuckoo make good, mister? Hmm, how did he? Hmm, how did he? Ah, that's the crux of the whole story. Sir. Oh, goody. Go on, go on, go on. Okay. They were twittering around about who could be the different officers, and the little cuckoo piped up. I want to be secretary, he says. And all the other birds laughed fit to bust because little cuckoo was kind of a silly-looking little bird, and they laughed and they laughed and they laughed. <laughs> Until the little cuckoo flew away into the deep woods, his little heart almost busted. Oh. If I'd have been a bird, I bet you, I'd have looked at him secretary, I bet you. Well, I sure you would, sis. I wanna. But these other birds didn't realize how loyal and faithful and hardworking a cuckoo could be. Well, sir, as the little cuckoo sat there in the tree weeping, the fairy godmother of the forest come along and says, Now, don't cry, little bird. Oh. I'm going to make you a secretary for the whole world. Oh. And she touched him with her fairy wand. Oh, boy. But, but why... And that's why, sis, every hour of the day... You'll find the loyal, hard-working, faithful little cuckoo, secretary to the world, presenting the minutes of the last meeting. The King's Men at Vine the Watermelon Vine. Lindy, 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 ain't you coming up tonight? Lindy, 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 you're as sweet as sugar cane. Lindy, 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 while the moon is shining bright. Lindy, 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 let's go walking in the lane. There's nobody looking, only Mr. Moon. Must you keep me waiting till tomorrow noon? There's a lot of happiness that we could soon be a-tasting. Time's a-wasted. Lindy, 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 while the moon is shining bright. Lindy, 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 put your hand in mine. Lindy, 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 ain't you coming up tonight? Lindy, come and meet me by the watermelon vine. Lindy, 
sugar cane. He's harder to evict than a landlord's wife's mother. Now all I gotta do is... Aha, aha, there's the back of the mailbox. I can see it. Yeah, but how do you get through the metal mailbox? Can opener. As soon as I chip a little more plaster away, I'll be ready to open it up. Come in. Well, heavenly days. His honor, Mayor Latrivia. Yeah, and me too, Messrs. Oh, Ollie from the Oaks Club. Uh, McGee, look who's here. Oh, hi. 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 Say, say, McGee, do you know what? You've got a bird in your mailbox. <laughs> now, Mr. Mayor and I was walking past one day, and we seen a bird fly into the mailbox. And Ollie said, oh, an airmail letter for McGee. <laughs> I used to make a small yoke, McGee. <laughs> yeah, a very small one. <laughs> Don't worry, I know all about that bird in the mailbox. And there is a letter in there, too, under the bird's nest. Yeah, a letter from the government. The only way I can get it out without disturbing the bird off the nest is chop a hole in the wall of the hall. Which I'm doing now to get... To... Oh, I get lots of letters from Washington, McGee. Yeah? My cousin Thor, he's a big bureaucrat there. You, you mean bureaucrat, Ole? No, crate. He creates bureaus for a big van and storage company. <laughs> well, now, I tell you, McGee is a little worried about this letter. Goodness only knows what it could be. Yeah, it might be almost anything. Draft notice, federal grand jury summons, some kind of an appointment. As a politician, Latrivia, what do you think? As a politician, McGee, I would say that any communication from your government deserves your immediate attention, your earnest consideration, and your heartiest cooperation. Well, that's a tame one. But, as Homer Latrivia, private citizen, I would say, whatever it is, pretend you never got it. <laughs> you know our kid, Lalole Sr., he's only three years old. He gets a letter yesterday from... Wait, 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 wait a minute. Only three years old, and you call him Ole Sr.? Yeah, sure. You see, my papa was Ole Sr., so I'm Ole Jr., so it's my little Ole's turn to be senior again. <laughs> well, anyway, little Ole senior, three years old, he gets a letter yesterday. Well, how cute. Who was it from and what did it say? Well, we don't know, missus. You see, little Ole senior, he's only three years old and he can't read yet. <laughs> well, be that as it may or may not be or not. If you fellas will keep quiet so it won't disturb that little bird, I'll make this hole a little bigger and get my letter out. Mm. Don't disturb the bird, he says. All this racket is... Hey, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I got the whole back of the mailbox clear. Hand me the can opener, Molly. Okay, here you are. Now, let's see. There. There it is. I got it. Hey, it's a letter from the government. And a postcard, too. Then open it up, McGee. I want to see that kind of trouble you're in. What did it say, McGee? What does it say? It says, 
Dear Sir, Enclosed as per your request of October 1947 <laughs> is government pamphlet number 98245K, How to Rid Your Home of Pests. <laughs> I don't even remember sending Oh, I remember now. <laughs> I sent for that when Uncle Dennis was living with us. <laughs> well, I don't need this pamphlet now. Well, uh, how about the postcard, McGee? I have the postcard here. Oh, it is. It says, uh, Dear youngsters, I will arrive soon to spend the summer with you. Love, Uncle Dennis. Oh, down on your knees, boys. We've got to put that pamphlet back together again. Bibber and Molly return in a moment. Men may be better at arithmetic than women, but when it comes to getting the most for their money, my hat is off to the women. Now, take an everyday food item like milk. No milk you can buy gives you more for your money than pet evaporated milk. And women are smart enough to know it. That's why in grocery stores, you'll see women reaching for pet milk several cans at a time. It isn't just the price, although pet milk does cost less generally than any other form of milk. It's what you get for that money. Sweet country milk concentrated to double richness. That's pet milk. So rich you can mix it with an equal amount of water and still have milk that's richer than the usual bottled kind. So rich you can use this milk instead of cream for coffee. How's your supply of pet milk? If you're down to that last can, better pick up some at your grocer's tomorrow. the stamp off of that government envelope. Uh, Willie Toops collects those. Oh, there wasn't any stamp on it, kiddo. Our congressman just wrote his name across it. Honorable Charles J. Weenie. Charles J. Weenie? Yeah. They call that franking the envelope. Oh. Yeah. Good night. Good night, all. First evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? What would you do if your husband were about to lose a friend because of you? Well, that's not a happy state of affairs, as young wife Sally Carter discovers when she tries to save the friendship in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. In addition to this dramatic story, you'll hear Mary Lee Taylor's husband-tested recipe for pork goulash, a delicious and thrifty one-dish dinner. For good listening next Saturday morning and every Saturday morning, turn your dial to NBC for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor. <laughs> Steve Wilson combats crime in big town next over most NBC stations.